Okay, drugs. Laxatives. So, for those of you who are um, anal retentive, laxatives are your drug of choice. Never mind. Had to do something to wake you up. Besides, boo! Okay. Indications. First one is constipation. Obviously. You can also use them as an adjunct for anorectal lesions. So, if you uh, have an anorectal lesion that you don't want poo near, get the stuff out. As an ad- Let's say you have a hemorrhoid. What are hemorrhoids often caused by? Straining. So if you give a laxative, then they might not strain as much. As an adjunct to cardiovascular disease, because what do we say can happen as you strain, you increase vasovagal response, so you can decrease that. And then anti-helminthic therapy. What's a helminth? Helminth. It's a worm, a parasite. So... So, Kara, how does laxatives help worm therapy? Because you poop all the worms out? Okay. Very good. We can also use it as a bowel prep. What's a bowel prep? So, when we prepare someone from colonoscopy, there's a saying in the business. Yeah, in the biz. If you don't have a good bowel prep, you just wasted your $2,000. $2,000 is about how much it costs to do a colonoscopy. If you didn't do a good bowel prep, you just wasted your $2,000 and you have to do it again. No, you're asleep most of the time nowadays. All right. Now, we can also use it to prevent constipation and fecal impaction in patients who are at risk. Contraindications. We must never give laxatives to patients with severe abdominal pain, nausea, or cramps. Never give it to a patient who has signs and symptoms of appendicitis, enteritis, diverticulitis, or ulcerative colitis. Um, who, who was, yeah. Amanda had a patient this past week who had ulcerative colitis and the doctor post-op was giving her colase. And we had to say, no, no, no. We had to put the kibosh on that one. You really yeah. did? Yeah. We got the doctor in a headlock and went, don't do that! <laughs> no, actually, we just didn't give it to her. We didn't. You just circle it on the mar. No. She was also getting, she was getting anti-diarrheal medications at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk later. All right, acute surgical abdomen. In a patient who's had an acute surgical abdomen, you don't want to give laxatives. Now, you're going to see them give colase a lot, even in this case, and that's because colase is not t- truly a laxative. It's more of a stool softener. And then finally, you don't want to give them to people who habitually use and abuse them. Who would have... All right, tell us your story.
Laxatives are one of the three ways that bulimic patients purge themselves. What are the other two? Vomiting and exercise. Starvation is anorexia. Yeah. So um, the Barbie twins, by the way, the Barbie twins have exercise bulimia. They they used to be swimsuit models. All right. Now, one of the things about habitual use. One of the things about habitual use. One of the things about habitual use is that you can actually cause constipation with a laxative. How does that work? Well, if you complete, how many of, how long does it take for food to go through a body and come out the other end? Most people takes about 24 to 48 hours. Some people are faster and they can go in like 8 or 12. But most people takes at least a day before food that you put in the mouth comes out the other end. If you've completely purged your bowels, how long is you, are you going to go without a bowel movement most likely? One to two days. So you create constipation by giving too much laxatives. And that's what happens to some elderly patients. All right. Classifications. There are two classification schemes. One is by mechanism, the other is by therapeutic effect. So, in terms of mechanism, we have bulk forming, surfactant, stimulant, and osmotic. In terms of therapeutic, we've got groups one, two, and three, which depend on how long they take. So, group one gets a result in two to six hours. Group two, six to twelve hours. And group three, one to three days. Now, um, for the bulk forming, this is also known as fiber. So, psyllium is probably the most common one. Its uh, brand name is Metamucil. Nasty stuff. They're like gritty and gross, disgusting. I don't know why anyone would take that stuff. Um, another one is methylcellulose. There's polycarbophil. Polycarbophil is a nice, uh, I think that one is fairly, uh, what's the word? Civilized. Um, civilized. Yeah, inulin is also another civilized one. Polycarbophil is just a pill. You take the pill, you drink it with a glass of water, you're done. Um, the, the inulin is benefiber, which is chewable pills. Chew them up and you're done. Um, but the psyllium, that stuff is like, you have to supposedly dissolve it in water and then it's like the... Yeah. All right, mechanism. No matter whether they're natural or synthetic, they are polysaccharides that form a gel in the intestines, trapping water, and cause, they swell up and causes increased peristalsis. So, they are considered group three that takes two to three days for them to work. Use them for temporary treatment of constipation. Use them for diverticulosis to help prevent diverticulitis. Also use them for irritable bowel syndrome, which we'll talk about later. And we can use them for diarrhea, ileostomies, and colostomies so that there's more form to what comes out of them rather than that just like, yeah. Anyway, um, adverse effects. 
can cause esophageal um, obstruction. So here's a fun experiment sometime. Get some Metamucil, dissolve it in the water, leave it on the counter, and what will happen to it? It doesn't separate. It turns into like a solid mass. And if you don't use the full glass of water, say you want to get by with only half, it can turn into a rock. So you can actually cause esophageal obstructions by not doing it properly. And then after you drink it, you should drink another 8-ounce glass of water on top of that. And they can also cause fecal impactions. There is a woman who we uh, saw. She, was, she, she wasn't taking artificial fiber. She was eating bran muffins. And she'd eaten so many bran muffins that she basically just had this, this like, bran brick <laughs> in her, in her, yeah, it was just like a brick made out of bran muffin. That was, I think it was, had to be surgically removed. I mean, they, they went in through the hole, but... Yeah, I don't know exactly what they did to her because I saw her on the outpatient side, thank goodness. Okay, <laughs> next we have surfactant laxatives. Docusate sodium is by far the most common, but there's also docusate calcium, which is not the same. Um, although it really is, but you can't give one for the other if you're in the hospital. They work by, they lower surface tension. How many of you have ever... Um, how many of you have ever taken fluid out of an ampule? Emily, have you ever done that? Exactly. So, how many of you have ever taken something out of an ampule? When you turn it upside down, what happens? Okay. The water can't get out. And what's, what's the mechanism for that? Surface tension. So, surface tension keeps the water bubbles from being too small. They can only get to a certain size. And then the water tension takes over and it can't penetrate into small cracks. But if you lower the surface tension, like with soap, then you can, they can get into smaller areas. So basically that's how it works. It allows water to penetrate deeper into the, into the poo, which makes it more hydrated, which softens it up. So, there's questionable action about this, but don't worry about it. They're considered group three, and they're usually called stool softeners rather than true laxatives. But individual uh, results may vary. Next, we have the stimulant laxatives, and these stimulate your bowels to, to poo. Um, they also increase water in the intestine. The, t the main drug you need to know here is bisacodyl, um, also called Dulcolax. You can give it as PO or PR. In the PO form, it's enteric coated. Do not chew. Do not let the patients chew. Don't break it in half. Don't crush it and put it in an NG tube. It's got to be swallowed whole. And you give it at night for a morning surprise. So it's considered group two when you give it by mouth. If you give it as a suppository, it works in about 60 minutes. So then it's considered group one. And uh, it can cause burning and proctitis. Sorry, proctitis. Don't ask me why, it just does. 
Inflammation of the proctum. The rectum. I don't know. It's just, that's the term for it. Proctitis. I don't think we have rectitis. Anusitis. Anitis. All right. Then we also have castor oil. Um, Castor oil used to be really, really popular, like back in the 30s. Um, Not so much anymore. It works in the small intestine and basically just speeds up the bowels like crazy. Um, The only reason it's used as uh, bowel prep. Now, now these, these four drugs here have been removed from the market. However, two of them you can still get as, um, you can get them as, uh, what do you call them? Nutritional supplements. Yep, Senna was removed from the market as a laxative. You can still get it, but it's now a nutritional supplement, no longer a laxative. Same thing with aloe. You can still get it, it's just no longer a laxative. And then cascara sagrada and phenolphthalene were both removed. Phenolphthalene, by the way, was the original X-lax. After being used for over a hundred years, the FDA said, we don't think it works and you can't sell it anymore. Uh, heck if I know. Cascara sagrada, it's uh, some plant apparently that people used to use for, uh, yeah. All right, osmotic laxatives. The last laxative class we have here. They're poorly absorbed substances and they cause water to enter the intestine. They are usually group one, but depending on what it is, it could be group three. Um, We use them for temporary relief of constipation as well as for a bowel prep and they purge the bowels to remove toxins or parasites. Yay. Now, these are the ones that are the most common, most commonly abused, and you can get most of them over the counter. You don't need a prescription for these. Actually, you really don't need a prescription for any of them. Um, so, purging cre- can create the constipation. We talked about how that works. Um, can also cause diminished defecatory reflexes, can also cause colitis if you use these too much, electrolyte imbalances, and dehydration because they're pulling fluid from your blood into the, into the gut. So these are the different kinds that we have. We have laxative salts, polyethylene glycol, mineral oil, glycerin suppositories, which you have all put in a plastic mannequin, and lactulose. Yes, ma'am. Go lightly is polyethylene glycol plus some other stuff. We'll talk about it in a second. All right, first one is a laxative salts. Magnesium citrate, sulfate, and hydroxide. There's your milk magnesia. Sodium phosphate or sodium biphosphate, sometimes called fleet phosphosoda. And then we have potassium bitartrate and potassium uh, biphosphate or potassium phosphate. Magnesium citrate. Comes in a little green bottle, looks just like Sprite. Tastes kind of like Sprite. But boy, are you in for a surprise. <laughs> um, magnesium citrate is fairly civilized. You only have to take like a... Like, yeah. As opposed to go lightly. When you do go lightly, you have... No, it makes you poo, all right. When you take poly... If you take go lightly, you have to take four liters of this nasty, disgusting grossness. 
four liters, a gallon of this disgusting tasting stuff. Mag citrate tastes kind of like Sprite that's flat, and you don't have to drink that much of it. However, the sodium phosphate, fleet phosphosoda, is even more civilized because it's just this tiny little shot. <laughs> and that's it. Civilized is in easy to take. Yeah. What? They used to use go lightly a lot, not so much anymore. If you ever have to get a bowel prep, I highly recommend you ask for Fleet Phosphosoda. Actually, you can take whatever you want. It's all over the counter anyway. <laughs> so anyway, two Fleet Phosphosodas and then drink a ton of water and oh, about 20 minutes later or 15 minutes later, you'll be <laughs> By the way, something they never tell anyone, they really should. When you have a bowel prep, that liquid watery stuff that comes out burns. So, patients should also invest in some ointment of some kind to use before and after. So like, yeah, so like uh, Vaseline or Calmoceptine or zinc oxide, something that will protect that area from the effects of the burning liquid. All right, so considerations. These can cause dehydration, so the patients need to take with a lot of fluids. And also caution in renal patients because it can cause excess buildup of electrolytes. Now, polyethylene glycol. If you take it by itself, usually you uh, dissolve it in eight ounces of water and it's called Miralax. And you get a bowel movement in two to three days. If you take it along with electrolyte salts, it's called Colite or Go Lightly. And there's a four liter version for bowel preps. Um, it was really popular about 10 years ago, not so popular anymore, just because it's no one, no one can ever take it. So I guess they had too many wasted colonoscopies because of it. The go lightly. So mag citrate or fleet phosphosoda is the way to go. Um, the nice thing about them is that they preserve fluid and electrolyte balance, and they can even be used safely in dehydrated patients. Um, what you're supposed to do is basically drink one cup every 10 minutes for like three hours. That's a lot. Next, we have lactulose. Now, lactulose is a sugar that your body can't break down and it can't absorb. So it's going to stay in your gut and cause what kind of diarrhea? Osmotic diarrhea. Now, the interesting thing is that it also promotes secretion of ammonia. So a lot of times we're not using it because of the, because of the, um, di not diarrhea, the uh, laxative effect. We're using it to pull ammonia out of a patient. And what kind of patient would need excess ammonia pulled out of their bloodstream? Say again? A liver patient, which we'll talk about maybe tomorrow. So, um, one of the common things that you'll see is lactulose and tap water enemas until clear, which is a lot of fun for both you and the patient. <laughs>